everybody, welcome to Rome is Home with Joe and Viva. I hope it's not too cold where you are, but here it's been pretty mild so far in Delhi. Yeah, I, well, to be honest, I, I love these types of winters. I, as a, as a Canadian, you know, a Polish person living in Canada, you think that I would kind of like the cold. But honestly, after, after having spent two years in Houston, I realized, you know what, I'm good. I don't... I don't necessarily care as much. What I now again, Houston, living down there. For those that have lived in the South, you get yeah. You don't necessarily get the bitter winters, but you get the the super summers. So for you, for those of you who don't know, it's like forty five degrees C, uh, super humid, and you 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 basically don't go outside as you would no. in winter in Canada. So it's like, I guess you have to really weigh down. Like, what would you prefer to be? Cold or would you prefer to be hot? Now, I always told myself that, like, I guess it gets to a certain point with heat where you can't, like, add, remove any layers, right? Like, with cold, you can well, always... Well, if you want to stay modest. <laughs> you know, exactly. With cold, you can always bundle up. But with That's heat, right. it's like you need to be in a place AC'd or you may die. Although with cold, even if you bundle up... I mean, bundling worked in Calgary, for example, because it was really a dry weather but in, yeah. in montreal for example when it gets to minus 15 minus 20 c and it's humid and it's windy you feel like the wind it can just pass through anything oh, and yeah. the winds even if you have a winter coat on it just chills you to the bone yeah yeah so we've been lucky honestly living here in delhi the last last winter might have been like a little fluke in terms of a lot of snow but our first winter and this is our third one here uh, like there's no snow there's like a dusting of snow and really it just started getting cold probably like this week like and just a little That's bit right. here and there it's been awesome so it's I not love bad that. at all I love that but uh, uh yeah. yeah so I I just thought I'd, I'd give you guys a little bit of an update on Monica so a few weeks ago I was complaining a lot about her sleeping how she just suddenly started acting crazy and she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't like to be put down at night anymore she was napping well but it was always at night the problem and um when i was visiting visiting my family the people were making fun of me um that she was hungry and she wanted to eat food and i i wasn't in, in denial because um she wasn't six months yet she still isn't and um for Teresa, my experience was that people were telling me that she was hungry and she wanted to eat food at six months and i wasn't sure so i, I kind of did it and she really wasn't hungry she wasn't interested at all and she only really started to eat around eight months old. And uh, this time around, I thought it would be the same thing. But uh, I, I gave in to the pressure and I decided to give her a little bit of bananas when I was over at my parents. And she just ate it up. She devoured the little bit of banana that I had for her. Mm. And I, uh, I started with cereal and with a whole different bunch of baby purees. And uh, she just loves it. She eats so much. And since I started giving her a bit more solids, she she lets me put yeah. her down in her bed at night, which was something that she stopped doing for a few weeks. Yeah, she still wakes up at night and she she still drinks um, breast milk, but she is way more stable. So I think that was the big mystery. She was just hungry. Well, for now, I mean, it, it seems like it helps. I mean, she's still kind of getting up like two three times at night she still so. gets up at night that's what i I'm don't saying. i don't know like it I, I feel like it's heading in the right direction but she feels like she's been in a, a growth spurt for the last what two months kind of so right yeah it's been kind of helping but and she's, and, and she's, I, i'm just wondering which battles to fight because 
because I, at night, if she wakes up more than twice, I sometimes just give in and bring her into bed with us because I, yeah. I'm just so tired. I can't keep my eyes open. It happened a few times, actually. I was sitting on the couch nursing her at night, and I fell asleep. And then I wake up with a, you know, a big, big jump. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll see what to do in the next few weeks with uh, regarding to her sleep. But at, at least right now, she goes down in the evening. So that's a big improvement. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the routine will be shaken up a little bit in the next two weeks or so because yeah yes. i mean that's for folks that maybe are tuning in for the first time we're we're moving on the uh the 26th the saturday uh, so that's coming up gives uh, us two weeks in this home yeah and right now we're kind of it's just been a little hectic kind of selling everything getting prepared for the move there's still a lot of I really haven't had much. I'm a, I'm a pretty big planner type of person, kind of you know get ready for the next steps kind of thing. But it's just been a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's been tiring just with with work stuff, with the moving stuff. I'm also we're trying to fix a few little things. We're trying to sell as much as we can because the apartment we're moving to is in my parents' place. It's tiny, obviously. It's small. So. Which is fine. I mean, we got to get rid of things anyways. There's a lot we got to because we're going to go to Rome anyways. But it just it adds a little bit of pressure. And I and know just I know. selling to people. That's oh, yeah. it's so stressful. Oh, people are the worst sometimes. And I really have. I mean, I I'm a phlegmatic. I should be good at those things. But I am not. Mm. People are just driving me crazy. And they're. I have to practice my patience and my empathy and my gentleness with these people because. I'm posting a bunch of stuff on Facebook Mark- Marketplace or Kijiji, and a million people say that they're interested and they want to come and see it, and then they just don't follow yeah. up and they don't keep on writing. And I'm, I, I, oh, it's such a struggle to know who, if someone is, do I have to hold it for someone? Are they going to come and, and yeah. get it or they're not? And most people just don't end up replying at all. So I'm left with a million messages that are kind of up in the air. Yeah, and that oh, makes it. So, oh, and they ask stupid questions too. I, I, I am very clear in my description of the product. Very clear. I, I almost say our address. Almost, I, I tell them we're in between this we? village and this village. It can't get more precise than this. And half of them, where are you located? Where are you located? I'm in, I'm in London. I'm in Ottawa. How close is that? Just read the description. Read it oh, and, my goodness. and use a good old tool called Google. Google, Google Maps. No, it, it, it's okay. So <laughs> I, I, I can't assume anything. I just have to assume the best of people and assume they really need that information. But it's it's a really, really working my patience. But I guess it, maybe a, it's a test that I'm yeah. failing, but I need to get better at I'm, it. So I'm very different to you in that case. Cause I, I see you kind of stressing about responding to these people. I'm like, honestly... If they really want it, they'll kind of work for it. But I feel like you you let you work for them in a sense, and I kind of like I'm like, what's the gain here? Like because like I want to sell the stuff. <laughs> I, I I hear you, but it's just like, yeah, I, I I guess it's kind of like if they really want it, they'll work for it. Kind of like for me, it's kind of like if this person's asking those types of questions or they're not like they're not really that interested. I don't know. Like the That's who, true. well, talk about the the two people you sold. That's they were kind of like rapid, instant, boom, they boom. Were. They're here, like three you, people. You had to kind of wait for those gems because it seems that like the true. people who are like, "Hey, what color is it?" Well, look in the picture, bro. Like, 
it seems like yeah. the people I, are I like... I almost posted links to the original website. Oh, uh, yeah. And you've had the most success for like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. Is it still available? Yeah. And they're there, pick up, boom, that boom, done. That is true. That That is true. No, that, that, that's right. Maybe I, I waste a lot of time and, and I stress too much about... You're worried about the little guy who's like, they're just like, they just say hey to all the posts and they have no interest and you're like... That, that's possible. I don't know, but you know what? That's just, That just are different styles here. But uh, yeah, so it's... Yeah, selling off things. We got a, we got rid of a good chunk of things. We have a few yeah. bulky things. Like we we have to get rid of our like dining table, our couch. Uh, yes. These are things. Even our um our mattress. We have a really good queen mattress that we bought down in the states. Um, yeah, just these bulky things, and um, just so we don't have to move them because. Uh, uh, Arguably, we would be more successful selling stuff in Brampton at your parents' house because yeah. no one really wants to come in the middle of nowhere here to pick up stuff. No, that's so right. So it, it's harder to get people to come. Although I had a really motivated young girl. She came for nightstands, of all things, and she probably drove 45 minutes to an hour just to get them, and she was really excited about them. But those are gems. Those are really rare. Otherwise, people are just... Uh, they, they ask for me to... To deliver it to them, but it's, well, it's yeah, not they're, convenient. They're like ten minutes away or something. That's they, right. They still want it delivered, so you have to add delivery charges. Yeah, it's this is this is the the crunch time. So it's it's definitely been a little bit hard to kind of. I haven't done the ad uh, the plans mentioning just you know a few minutes ago around planning for the apartment. It's, I mean, yeah, we're gonna kind of get in there pretty cold. I don't like being in those kinds of situations where we're kind of not perfectly ready, but. It's a little bit tough because, again, we're about an hour and a half away from my folks. So it's not like I have the convenience of just popping in there, start planning things. It's kind of like, yeah. again, life with two kids. You know, I'm coming home, taking care of things here, you know, doing what we have to do our day to day. And then, oh, hey, let's start thinking about how we're going to organize the room here. It's just like I, that's, I just, uh, that we, falls to the bottom, like, quickly. So we were we were in Brampton this weekend just to drop off a few things. And I, I walked into the apartment for the first time in ever and... Yeah, reality dawned on me. There is not a lot of room there. There's not room for a crib. Or if there's room for a crib, there's not room for two cribs. And Teresa is still sleeping in a crib. So we might have to do an emergency transfer to a, a single bed for her Maybe. somehow. But again, I, I feel like, well, my we'll probably be able to kind of stay in the uh, one of the guest rooms at my parents' place. For a little bit, just until we just, figure things we, out. Just, we gotta, yeah, it's gonna take a little time to start. I need to just... Honestly, my mind is kind of spinning with just kind of finishing up work, wrapping things up. It's it's so hard to kind of... Again, that almost feels surreal that it's going to be happening in two weeks, but it's just we'll have to deal with it when it comes. And I'm, and I'm just trying to say, to, to, to see friends and to say goodbye to people. I have... I'm going to spend the whole day in London on Tuesday, and we had dinner with some friends a few days ago. So we're, we're kind of busy socially as well. Some other people want to invite us over, um, which I love. I mean, I love... That 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 is all, all happening, and we have also, we have a couple friends. They, I think that's really rare. The both girls, her and I, were friends, and the the guys, the yeah. guys are friends, um, husbands and wives. Friends, that's yeah, right. So yeah. we we just had the most wonderful time, and it's such a shame. I feel like right now we're becoming really good friends, just as we're leaving. I feel that's the story of our life, but yeah, it's so it's yeah, it's busy socially. It's busy selling stuff. It's busy with you and work busy with kids monica kind of getting stable but still not sleeping too too well Teresa testing our limits she's in the the terrible two of tantrums and touching everything great timing for that that's right so it is it is very busy and some days i just reach my limits today was a rough day i was 
I was holding back tears all day, and then Joe does his classic, are you okay? Comes up to me, are you okay? And I just start burst in tears. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are a little bit rough, but... Yeah, I just need to learn to handle my emotions and. Well, I I think that no. Well, to be honest, I mean, I think that's that is that is a good way to handle them. We were dating. It's kind of like, and I guess you've you've always said like what you know you've always been told like what are you thinking right? You kind of sometimes have this just like blank blank slate on your face yes. when mean meanwhile it's like phlegmatic melancholic ways. Meanwhile, there's this uh, there's this little turmoil kind of constantly going within you then yes. I learned very early on like I'm gonna have to pull this out of you because like again I could feel like it could cause a little I saw in the future like yeah this is gonna cause some tension because like you should be and, but I guess the thing is no one's ever tried that with you like no. you're always the, the good quiet phlegmatic kid just like not causing trouble not standing out but meanwhile there was yeah there's this whole battle going within you know my silently. mom tried a few times and poor mom I, I remember one time I I broke up with my first boyfriend and oh, I, I broke up because there was issues that I never mentioned before and I just decided to break up with him. Um, but uh, poor him. But uh, my parents just loved, loved, loved him. And he's still part of our, he's still friends with my parents, still hangs, hangs out with them, which is awesome because he's a really good guy. But um, when I broke up with him, my mother was really disappointed. She was really sad and she wanted to talk to me about it. And I just screamed at her like, I don't want to talk about it. And she was just trying to get me to express my feelings and talk about it. And no, that 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 wasn't gonna happen. Teen angst, man. Exactly. Yeah, listening to Poor Evan, mom. Listening to Evanescence. You oh, know. for me, it was simple plan. Simple plan. Good Charlotte. <laughs> you know, the world doesn't understand you. It's always those years where the world hates yes. you for some reason. Then you realize I'm just a dummy. Anyway. But it feels so real, and yeah, I don't think does, you should underplay yeah. it. And that—that that is something that I'm going to keep in mind for my melancholic, Girls, yeah. phlegmatic kids. Um, they are going to feel like it's the worst of times, and I really need to empathize with that because I did live it. Yeah, yeah, no question. So again, yeah, it's you know wrapping up. Things are kind of speeding up right now. I mean, two weeks left in the job. Um, moving packing all that stuff it's going to be happening kind of constantly right now uh yeah it's becoming real i mean a few posts we said it's getting real yeah it's getting more and more real with all these kind of changes that are coming up it's yes i, I feel it I, I feel it in my, my change in, in mood that it's it's yeah it's always one it thing that, that's again in one sense you know it's one thing to accept god's will it's like okay yeah i accept god's will for me like you know a year down the road a totally different experience when that year you know you know becomes the next day when you have to act on it so yeah more to come more to come so we'll we'll take a quick break right now we'll uh we'll continue on with a spiritual talk just after this break hang tight now listen to the melody maybe it come from me and i can sing like body nelly i think it's plain to see Hey folks, welcome back. Um, during the second half, again, maybe we'd spend a little time talking about sort of the one big devotion that we strive to do every day. I'm sure everyone, Catholics, really strive to do it, although, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a tough one to do, is the rosary. Um, we mentioned a few times in our previous podcast, again, the Pompeii Novena was a very big aid for us um, in order to make sort of the big life decisions. 
um, we thought we'd spend just a little bit of time kind of talking about sort of even just our history of the rosary. I'll kind of maybe start with rosary in my family life. You can talk about what was that in your family life. And then as we came together, what did that mean? Um, so why, maybe, I don't know, how was, what was the rosary in your life, Shunviev, growing up throughout your life? It was always kind of there. I knew it existed. We'd pray it once in a while, especially on the road going somewhere. We'd mm. pray, but then, I mean, we did the classic trick of falling asleep at that exact time or faking oh. being asleep in the car. So we wouldn't have to pray. We would random, randomly play, pray it, um, but not a lot. And my family was very good at certain things. We were very well catechized. Both my parents studied a bit further into their faith. Um, my mother was a um, pastoral minister. So we, if we had questions, we could ask them. Uh, faith was a constant part of our daily life. But we, aside from um, prayer before meals and nighttime prayer, we didn't really pray together that much. So that's um, that's what I brought into the relationship when we got married, is this idea of like, you need to know stuff, you need to know stuff, but I wasn't necessarily that big on prayer. Why, well, and specifically, I mean, the rosary right and I the mean, rosary yeah that's right yeah, uh like, I, I and i always had it kind of like in my, my my plan so i'm very good at making lists so i would make lists of stuff that i needed to start doing in my life and uh rosary was one of them but uh, i i must have had that list for two or three years and i never really implemented it so yeah yeah and um on on my side i would say yeah i guess somewhat of a an opposite story i think my my parents definitely strived. Um, I would say I think in my earliest memory when we started to do it a lot more as a, as a family was I'm thinking grade two. So, I mean, that's that's, when that's I, pretty early. Yeah, that's I remember again prior to that we were in Poland. I, I can't remember much. It might have been kind of happening. Just I do recall for some reason around that point in time definitely striving to do more regular family rosary. Um, that's sort of my my earliest recollection of doing it as a family but again growing up i mean from you know you know from my own experience i'm not sure if any of it was similar for my siblings definitely was there was the odd time when he, most of the time i would say it felt like a chore again i i kind of look back at these experiences it's interesting to kind of look back at these experiences and see okay well, how would we do things differently with our kids or you know how how to do it differently to make either rosary more engaging or is it one of those things where as a kid you just got to sit through right because again does a kind of kid really grasp it no but if they see mom and dad doing it and for some reason you don't necessarily know the the small impacts and we're gonna have to chat about that in the future like i mean for now i mean the kids are around when we pray but like i guess there's different strategies some parents let the kids play or something you know and my my place was everyone just sat and everyone had to pray like everyone was focused i yeah, I guess that worked, you know. But and then it was it was in Polish as well, which is a language that you never really connected with, maybe. So that might have played a difference. Yeah, I remember you saying that you struggle with, let's say, confession because you had to do it in Polish. I yeah, so. that was actually that was something as growing up, I never realized. I, well, I didn't rec- think about the impact in a sense, but I guess maybe it was assumed that I was fluent in Polish as a kid, but. I really wasn't. So I remember I remember going to kind of like confession, just kind of honestly, just kind of thinking of the sins that I knew how to say. Yeah. And I was pretty embarrassed to kind of do it in English. I don't know. This was even as a young kid. I'm actually surprised that I already had these kinds of 
so again, it's pretty amazing to think kind of, again, I was a pretty bright kid in a sense. So I was kind of working through these things in my mind and I've mm-hmm. already became kind of like self-conscious about saying in English, looking silly and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I'm glad, grateful now that my, my younger siblings, they, they tend to go to the English mass, although they can go to the Polish now, now that they're older and perhaps understand. But again, if this is a situation for some people or parents, like, yeah, if you assume your kids know the language, make sure they do, because I kind of look back and think about, you know, missing a lot of homilies in a sense. But anyways, the rosary, and, but anyways, once you learn to kind of the rosary in Polish, it's, it is sort of the That's repetitive true. pair. After a week, I knew it, so. Yeah, after a week, you know it, but... Uh, Yeah, so I mean, yeah, and, and growing up, you know, we kind of kept it through. Again, there were times, uh, you know, where it, you felt involved. There were times when you weren't involved. It was kind of just, okay, we have to rush through this kind of thing. So there was this kind of on-off, but it was always kind of present. Mm-hmm. And I would say kind of afterwards when I left uh, after university, well, I guess even even at university, I was living less at home. Uh, I would I would definitely at least strive, I recall, I think maybe the goal of trying to do a decade mm-hmm. at least three Hail Marys kind of a day that was always sort of my the rosary at that point never really it never really I guess I didn't understand honestly at that point I probably didn't understand really the need or the point of prayer per se Mm -hmm. even though like I enjoyed thinking and meditating and all that stuff I didn't really see the significance of these things I guess it wasn't either maybe never clearly stated to me or it was stated but I was my head was not in the right place to be able to grasp you know this so yeah I mean university and even sort of you know just before we got married yeah it was sort of you know do the decade you know definitely the marrying devotion but well the way it started for me is that a few weeks before we got married we met with father Nick who's the priest who married us a a friend of my family and um, he mentioned oh strive to at least do a decade together every day And uh, I, that got me thinking because before then, uh, prayer wasn't really a priority. Like Netflix and eating was way more important to me, which is really bad. But yeah. um, that got me thinking. And then when we moved to Houston, I think that's th- we started praying a decade a day. We would go outside and walk around the little pond in our apartment complex and just pray a decade together. And, and that that felt like so much work yeah i, I thought it like I, i i hated having to do something every day and that that sort of drove me bonk up like and again I, this is important for for folks who maybe like again i hear examples of um or just people that we know maybe that they don't pray together like it's a uh, like couples it and i found that very perplexing i but i could understand sort of in the beginning where after we got married we were in houston we were close to a church i just felt very drawn to like i want to be going to daily mass more often i want to be out of adoration i want to be praying the ro- at least the rosary every single day but there was this kind of tension a little bit in that like you weren't so like drawn to it no and i, I like and i remember like early on there were a few moments and i and i told you this before like i'm like i'm i'm done trying to help you like it, it sounds kind of cold in a sense but i was i was just i guess i didn't understand whatsoever that i guess the fire that i had and my temperament all these things kind of piling in like And I, I don't know, like, I just assumed, like, you were just being lazy, and that might have been I a was. factor. So, so our, our approach was very wrong in both sense. So I I thought I was this perfectly humble person, but it was false humidity, humility that I have, that I had. And um, and whenever you would challenge me, was it on on, on prayer, or on eating, or on weight, or on activity, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix that's whatever. right. Yeah. I would take it so... 
the wrong way. I felt so attacked and I was just completely shutting down. Yeah. As for you, you were very tough in the beginning. You were, and that's your temperament. You're very good at kicking behinds, but for me, a little phlegmatic, it, it was not the right approach as well. So it was, we both had some learning to do. You had to become more gentle. I had to become more open to criticism and open, open to change. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was that. a bit of a learning curve. And and you were good. Eventually you figured out that it had to be with baby steps with me. Yeah. So that's and why we started to pray just a decade every day. Yeah. And again, that's just, just, I mean, just sharing that with folks. I mean, just for folks who want to dive in and start praying together, obviously the rosary is a, is a key thing, but, um, yeah, just again, just you really got to make the app like it's I, I feel like and just do that as soon as possible, especially for younger couples, you know, before this becomes a thing where just, yeah, you know, 15, 30, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, we've never prayed together. It could become I can imagine it can be very hard to reconcile. But for mm-hmm. those that can start start ASAP. Yeah, you have to kind of find that common again, because this is the family unit upon which everything else will be built on. Right. And again, what better yes. foundation, of course, first of all, Jesus Christ and his church. But again, the constant support and intercession of the blessed mother to keep that going i mean that's at least now that's kind of our our common go-to right so and any little change is good if it's has to start with yeah. three hail marys a day together that's a really good thing already so i yeah that that's important because i think uh like you're saying maybe going the full you know kneeling on on concrete and doing the you know the, the full rosary all 15 decades might have been more detrimental and say i love saint francis the sales for that again he's kind of this very gentle but firm uh bishop right again he was he definitely advocated that you know even when it comes to mortification and detachment do it gently right build that person up because and again saint paul says that you know start with milk you know we have to you have to start with the easy stuff baby food milk first before you can be given solid food in a sense that's right and those people who feel again like hey i can deal the solid food and you know god bless you maybe you can but you have to realize that yeah you're trying to feed solid food to someone who can't take it i, I does more damage than good so it well, takes a lot well, of humility on both sides to be able to find that common ground where you can start to build that prayerful relationship together and uh, grow from there so where are we at now joe yeah we've had we've had quite a bit of journey in terms of um i would say the last four years uh four four years since we, we've been married I, I would say we've been we've been really good at keeping the daily rosary. That's been our our go-to prayer. Again, during the Pompeii novenas, we've been kind of doing that once a year, basically. I feel like now for the last two, two years. years. So again, that's fifty-four days, three rosaries. Again, this isn't a an accomplishment thing, but I feel like our dedication has been there. And like Jim, you have said, year one on and off like a decade decade one day rosary the next day it mm-hmm. was kind of on and off and then it became pretty regular um having kids kind of made things a little challenging it's always challenging our routine is totally yeah it's, it's all over the place exactly just, yeah we lose and i both of us are fairly like schedule routine ish people for the most part so you know, if if we were going to do it at seven, but then the baby's like having a bad night, finding the energy at like nine thirty or ten to pray, that was there were some brutal times. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do a we'll do a, a single hail mary just to like give us like just one one solid one, and that's all we could do, kind of thing, right? But now that the kids are 
fairly older i think we're a lot more you know mature as parents we're able to kind of manage those fluctuations better you know definitely we've hung on to kind of the daily rosary and one thing i think for us this year that we've been striving for and i think our challenge is um not only to do the rosary and like okay hey we did it kind of thing hooray but to do it well yes um that's that's been a big thing i've definitely i've been reading a lot from the saints on you know, it's one thing. It's not. It's not so much quantity in actions and in, in good works, but it's quality, right? It's about doing with as much fervor and love, like in anything, as uh, as much as you can makes makes that thing that much more precious. For me, what it means is I follow the the rosary. Each Hail Mary has a um, a little part of the mystery, a little sentence. Uh, for every Hail Mary and I try to picture myself in that situation um, so for example the baptism of the Lord well I, I, I'm picturing myself in front of St. John the Baptist and then Jesus comes and he has to be baptized and I'm actually in that scene and that really helps me to focus on yeah. really what's happening around instead of being distracted that's a good point and we recommend for those kind of launching in again if you find the rosary boring burdensome hard to focus on, you're horrendously distracted, grab, there's a few kind of rosary prayer books there. There's some online that you can grab. So it's like electronic, which we use kind of early on. We bought ourselves some hard copies. Again, it goes through, sort of gives you a, a thing to think about, like a point from scripture around that mystery to really kind of help you like hone in and, you know, stop thinking about Netflix or what you're going to eat tomorrow and just really kind of help the mind become a little bit stable. You really have to train the mind in a sense to be you know, fighting those distractions, right? Because the devil, once you start praying the rosary, it's amazing to me how once you start praying the rosary and really a good rosary will take 15, 20 minutes, it's like the most tiring thing for some reason. Yes. But we can spend like the whole day doing absolutely nothing or like just wasting time for like eight hours and it's just amazing. And I I think of that as sort of like a, a sign that the devil is really... There's something he powerful really about that. There's, right. there's, it just doesn't make sense. You're sitting there praying, how could this be so burdensome? Well... There, there clearly is something very meritorious here. And um, I just want to conclude, since we're kind of wrapping up, just a, a quote from, I'm reading St. Louis de Montfort's uh, The Secret of the Rosary. And again, he just, he kind of talks about sort of challenges that he sees. So the second big fault, so this is from his work, the second big fault of a lot of people make when saying their Holy Rosary is to have no intention other than of that, of getting it over as quickly as possible. This is because so many of us look upon the rosary as a burden, which is always heavier when we have not said it, especially if it is weighing on our conscience because we have promised to say it regularly or have been told to say it as penance. It is really pathetic to see how most people say the holy rosary. They say it astonishingly fast and mumble so that the words are not properly pronounced at all. Very powerful. Think about it. Is that how you say it? Is that how you want to say it? And he kind of says, and again, the Blessed Mother is very pleased when we say it with love, fervor. Slow down. Say it well. And it's going to take time. We're, we're talking about for our own experience four years down the road. But it's important to do these things with, with deep devotion, with, with genuineness. This isn't a task. We're not Catholics. We might be criticized for saying the rosary as a task. No, it's not. It's done out of love. Love for Jesus, firstly, and with support through the Blessed Mother. So I think that's, that's, that sort of wraps up this week. Just remember that every little step towards the goal helps, whatever step it is. So thanks for joining us this week on Roma's Home. Take care. Bye. Yeah.